Today on Understanding Immigration, E-Verify. It's a very quick system, it's free, comparing just two databases with it, and it's it's not this complex bureaucratic thing. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward process. It helps to have big lobbying groups that support them, such as the Chamber of Commerce, you know, Western Growers Association, Farm Bureau. Um, these groups are very powerful. So it really is a no-brainer for employers to use this program. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Hello and welcome to our very first segment of Understanding Immigration presented by FAIR. I'm Matthew Trageser, and joining me today is Spencer Rayleigh from our research department and Preston Hennekins from our lobbying team. In this podcast series, we hope to educate you, our listeners, on a number of important and high-profile topics in the immigration world. This series will feature 12 episodes and be released bi-weekly with a rotating host each episode. So there's a lot of tackle here, and we're glad that you've chosen to join us today. On this segment, we'll be discussing the E-Verify program, what it is, why it's important, and what you should know about it. So starting off, Spencer, give us a rundown on what E-Verify is. What is E-Verify, and does it work? Yeah, thanks, Matthew. In 1996, Congress passed what was what is known as the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act. And as a part of that act, there were three test programs put forth to essentially try to verify whether or not everyone that's hired by an employer is uh, eligible to work in the United States. And in 1997, they implemented one of those test pilots, uh, which would later be renamed as the E-Verify program. And simply put, it works in conjunction with the Social Security Administration and federal immigration agencies to verify a person's eligibility to work in the United States. And it does this actually by taking information from an employee's I-9 form, which employers are required to mm -hmm. fill out whenever they hire an employee, and matches it against thousands of federal databases as well as official Social Security um, and or immigration records. And Preston, I think you can explain to us a little bit better what an I-9 form actually is. Yeah, so actually 10 years before um, the Clinton uh, immigration bill passed, we had the Reagan amnesty, the IRCA bill, which, uh, believe it or not, included a requirement for employers to have this I-9 form, which just, it's actually, you know, it's not really that great of an enforcement tool on its own because employers just hold on to it. So they would fill out, you know, someone's name, social security number, that kind of thing. Uh, but before the Clinton bill, they would just hold on to it in their office and mm -hmm. they were only required to present it if immigration authorities came and, and you know, requested it. So um, it, it this was, you know, that... Like you were saying, the, the Clinton bill was in, was the next step producing those three pilot programs. So why aren't we seeing, I guess, it used E-Verify in more states? I mean, I, I know it's in, it's partially used in, I think it's in at least 20 plus states, mm -hmm. but um, it's only mandatory in, in four states, Alabama, Arizona, Mississippi, and I think Tennessee. Uh, so w what is the, I guess, the re reservation in using this program? Well, it's not federally mandated. Mm -hmm. That's that's I guess you could say the first the first issue there. So it's up to states to require it. And of course, uh, depending on the the makeup of that state, you know, they may be a little more uh, willing or unwilling to do that. However, uh, it is widely used still. In fact, uh, as of 2018, there are over uh, 750,000 employers that use E-Verify, and they. Uh, put through millions of entries every year at a 96% accuracy rate, which is 
quite impressive considering the sheer volume that's put through it. And of that 96%, less than half a percent of lawful workers are accidentally flagged as illegal, and essentially all of those are cleared up with secondary confirmation. So there's really no reason to be hesitant mm -hmm. to make it mandatory. It's more about perception. Which I don't understand. Again, you know, if, if it's only mandated in four states right now, but you have, you know, thousands, I think 1,400 companies joining every week, it, it seems to be popular with a lot of companies, but it's not mandated statewide or in, you know, more than four states. And again, it seems like it's effective and it there's really not many complaints about it. And it still amazes me how it's not being federally mandated yet. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that too has to do with, you know, who is opposing it. You know, obviously, E-Verify e works for, you know, a massive company, like let's say Coca-Cola, right? You know, they that's very easy for them to do. For small businesses and particularly for farmers and agriculture who rely overwhelmingly on illegal labor, uh, for them, they're obviously going to push back against that. And it helps to have big lobbying groups that support them, such as the Chamber of Commerce, you know, Western Growers Association, Farm Bureau. Um, these groups are very powerful and have a lot of friends on both sides of the aisle who for years have, you know, prevented any any chance of, of passing a mandatory E-Verify bill. Yeah, that's a good point. And FAIR actually estimates that 35% of illegal aliens work in the underground economy, which essentially means they're paid under the table. They don't present any documents. So if this was made mandatory, that's a, that's a large number in the labor force that would uh, essentially suddenly become subject to the verification posed under E-Verify. Uh, in addition to that, E-Verify actually catches about 50% of everyone who applies for a job, you know, fraudulently by using forged documents mm -hmm. or a stolen social security number or something like that. So it's highly effective and those who rely on cheap illegal labor are almost certainly going to lose a large portion of that labor force, if not a vast majority. So Preston, what's going on with this E-Verify in Congress? Does this have a chance of becoming permanent or mandatory? I mean, I know we, we touched on it briefly, but, uh, you know, wh what is its outlook in the future? So, you know, right now in the 116th Congress, we don't have a ton of hope that it's going to pass, mainly uh, because we're obviously divided. There, You know, the Democrats who overwhelmingly uh, oppose E-Verify are currently in control of the House. You know, you only have 53 Republicans in the Senate, and not all of them necessarily support E-Verify. You know, that's kind of a common misconception. But um, there are those who do, and, you know, some of the bills that we're really confident about and excited about are in the Senate right now. Um, I would say one of the most important ones is actually a bill introduced by uh, now Senator Mitt Romney, hmm. former yeah, 2012 <laughs> um, presidential candidate. Um, he put out a very simple one-page bill that's called the Permanent E-Verify Act, S-1806. So what a lot of people don't realize is that E-Verify is not permanently authorized. Um, Congress has to vote on it every couple of years to make sure that, you know, it's, it's reauthorized essentially. So it's, legally speaking, a temporary program. And let's say, you know, President Elizabeth Warren comes in, you know, she already wants to, you know, decriminalize border crossings. What's going to stop her and, you know, let's say, you know, 
fully you know democratic congress from doing that from getting rid of e-verify and and you know walking back this progress that we've seen since um since the clinton years um you know another another great bill that we're excited about um came from um, senator chuck grassley out of iowa the accountability through electronic Ver- verification act um and this this bill has 13 gop co-sponsors currently mm-hmm. um it you know mitch mcconnell has not put it out for a floor vote, you know, anything like that. So, you know, he's kind of holding on to it right now. But, you know, we think that, you know, Republican senators could get on board with this. It it has provisions that would punish employers, um, you know, who, you know, don't either don't use E-Verify after it's been mandated or, you know, if they do use it, but they're still hiring illegal, illegal labor, which is, you know, might be, continue to be a problem. It has really strong provisions in there that would stop that. Yeah, and I think that's one aspect of E-Verify that needs to be improved or essentially, I guess, with DHS is prosecuting or enforcing um, the laws on employers who knowingly hire illegal aliens or who don't use E-Verify. And I think, uh, as you guys, I'm sure, saw in the news in Mississippi, there was, um, there were, uh, I think, about seven ICE raids at various kind of food and processing plants in the state of Mississippi um, and the state actually mandated the use of E-Verify, but these employers within the state were still knowingly, or I guess it's still to be determined, but hiring illegal aliens. I think there were 700 apprehended by ICE. Um, and so I think that's one aspect that at least, you know, if DHS or ICE could potentially enforce these companies and employers more and, and keep them in check from hiring illegal aliens, I think that would be a plus to say the least. Yeah. And a big part of that honestly is just enforcing the laws we already have and actually carrying out the punishments that are on the books are actually very hefty fines uh, for those who uh, hire illegal aliens. And quite simply, it's, it's honestly simple economics. If those who hire illegal aliens were facing the thousands and tens of thousands of dollar fines for hiring them, suddenly they wouldn't have that economic incentive to hire illegal aliens anyway. But as it stands right now, even many of these states that have mandatory E-Verify laws on the books are really lax about enforcement. So just having a law isn't going to stop people from breaking that law if there are no repercussions. Absolutely. And if, if I could interject yeah. on, on that point as well, you know, we it, so often under, you know, Trump's focus on, you know, arresting and detaining, you know, criminal illegal aliens and other illegal aliens, you know, we also need to be punishing employers who are knowingly hiring them instead Mm -hmm. of Americans, which is exactly what we saw in Mississippi. And, you know, Matt, you can bring this up. They didn't, I mean, they only gave them a small fine. I don't think anyone was fired by their company. it, It seemed very much like a slap on the wrist compared to, you know, I'm sure all of those people have now been either deported or in, are already in removal proceedings. Right. I mean, it goes to show you, and I think Track, which is a uh, database at uh, Syracuse University, keeps track of all kinds of immigration records. But they had a study in 2018 saying about a, a dozen employers nationwide were prosecuted by ICE or by DHS um, for hiring illegal or hiring illegal aliens, and so. Again, it, there are issues with the enforcement aspect of it, um, but just because there are those slight issues with that, I, I don't think it's 
a reason to eliminate the program entirely or to no. say, oh, it's ineffective. I mean, it's the fact that it's in place deters illegal aliens. I mean, I, I think that's clear cut. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, in fact, ev- almost every state, I believe every state except for one that has implemented some form of E-Verify, mandatory E-Verify since 2008, has seen their unemployment rates improve better than the national average has mm-hmm. in recovering from this last major recession. And a big part of that is deterrence. A big part of that is the assumption that when a law is place is made that there may be some sort of enforcement with that. And honestly, just good law-abiding Americans trying to abide by the law. So this definitely should not deter states from wanting to and and pursuing legislation to enact some form of mandatory verify. But it also still, there needs to be honest, honest repercussions for those who violate the law as well. Exactly. And in a lot of this legislation, they you know, for some of those smaller employers and for agricultural employers, they're phased in over a longer period mm-hmm. of time so that they can adapt to laws that they've never, you know, ever had to deal with before. Yeah. Whereas, you know, larger companies that, you know, probably should already have E-Verify, they're, they don't have a phase-in period. Um, but it, I agree with you completely, Spencer. Until, until you know, really ICE and the administration prioritize worksite enforcement, it might just stay the status quo, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that, you know, we get rid of E-Verify or that we, you know, change it to where it's not effective. Right. And in some states, you know, w- with employers using E-Verify, illegal immigration can fall substantially. And I think you touched on this briefly. Yeah. Um, but the number of, of recent immigrants fell by 40% when a state had universal E-Verify law into effect, according to our research. And illegal immigration fell as much by as much by 50% in a single year in states with these laws too. So it goes to show you it's going to deter illegal aliens from wanting to, you know, work at a, you know, whatever, a processing plan, a food plan, wherever, um, if, you know, they know that they're not here legally. And so I I think it's, again, it's kind of like, you know, just a a first step for deterring illegal aliens um, from wanting to get, you know, working in this country. Yeah, and I think it's important to add to that. You had noted the uh, noticeable decreases in some forms of legal immigration as well. Not everyone who is legally present in the United States is lawfully authorized to work Mm -hmm. in the United States. And there are a lot of people who use legal means of entrance to the United States as essentially a way to begin then working in the United States, even though they might not have uh, lawful um, they not, might not be legally permitted to do so. So it's important to have a program like E-Verify that doesn't just keep an eye out for illegal aliens, but also verifies whether those who are in the United States legally are lawfully permitted to work as well. So speaking of states, I actually have uh, some interesting, I guess, media news regarding E-Verify in the state of Florida specifically. So Republican Governor Ron DeSantis already passed sanctuary legis- anti-sanctuary legislation, but uh, what he wants to do now is mandate E-Verify statewide for both private and public employers. And so uh, right now, Florida uses E-Verify in a limited capacity. I think it's state agencies and their contractors mm-hmm. have to use it, but it's not. it doesn't have to be used by everybody yet. But the issue is uh, Senate President Bill Gavano, who's a Republican, 
is completely against this and DeSantis. And it kind of shows, with, even within the Republican Party at the state level, how there is some kind of, I guess, gap between the party. You know, there's a divide between those who want, you know, immigration enforcement and then those who are for the cheap labor, commerce kind of angle. And so my question for you guys is, you know, how can we unify, I guess, the Republican Party in this sense to get on board with E-Verify? Because, you know, you would think if, the, you know, if you're in the Republican Party, everyone in there should be thinking alike, but I guess that's not happening here, obviously. And if it's happening at the state level, it's probably happening and it is happening uh, at the federal I level. I was going to say, I can assure <laughs> you it's happening at the federal level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a big part of it is perception. Uh and honestly, media coverage. Uh, there is a Zogby poll recently in Florida that shows 82% of likely voters are actually open to enacting E-Verify, and that shows, honestly, wide bipartisan support for the program. And a lot of the detractors, both Republican and Democrat, came out of the woods whenever um, the uh, previous E-Verify bill in Florida was passed that required... Uh, federal employees and, and and contractors and the subcontractors to use E-Verify, E-Verify came out and essentially just predicted doom and gloom. And none of those things came to pass. In fact, that was one of the states that I'd referred to earlier that saw their unemployment rate drop faster mm-hmm. than the national average. So it didn't happen then. We don't have any kind of indication that it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. It's just excuses to try to hang on to a, a cheap labor force. And it's, it's very difficult for a lot of these state representatives and state senators. And, and I'm not saying I, I don't have his information in front of me. I can't mm-hmm. speak to whether or not the Senate president has taken money from some of these groups. But it's very difficult when you're running a statewide campaign and you're, you know, most of your money is probably coming from interest groups. It's probably not coming from small donors. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people do not follow local politics the way that lobbying groups and especially mm-hmm. local chambers of commerce and local agriculture groups do. And that's very difficult mm-hmm. to to turn away, you know, potentially half of your funding mm-hmm. for your reelection campaign if it's coming from, you know, the local, you know, the Florida chamber or if it's coming oh, yeah. from Florida growers. Yeah. That's that's a very powerful incentive for them to not vote for mm-hmm. stronger E-Verify legislation. Yeah. And dis- despite that, there are still... 750,000 Floridians looking for work. It's easy to look at a lot of the improvements we've seen in the economy and think, well, it's not a big issue anymore, or to fall into the trap that a lot of these uh, big business uh, organizations try to claim is that, oh, we have a labor shortage, we need it. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people in Florida that are looking for gainful employment right now, and there are more than a million illegal aliens in the state. So just using E-Verify and taking a take you know taking that reduction in the illegal alien workforce can do really good things for the people of Florida and the economy in Florida. Mm-hmm. And just to re, uh, reiterate to our listeners out there, e-verify is not a complex system at all. You know, I don't know if you guys obviously what your familiarity with it is, but to to for an employer to verify one of their employees information, I mean it can be done in a matter of seconds, uh, mm-hmm. if not minutes. And it's a very quick system. It's free. Um, it's comparing just two databases with it. And it's it's not this complex bureaucratic thing. I mean, it's a pretty straightforward process. So uh, for employers to use it, I, I think it's... Well, it, it covers it covers employers uh, as well from legal action from the government. Because if, yes. you know, if yeah. they are using mm-hmm. it and they are being truthful and they, you know, they say, 
you know, we didn't know that this person wasn't here, you know, working legally. We didn't hire him. That saves them from potentially yes. getting fined from from worksite enforcement. It's, so it's, it makes sense for employers to adopt it. Essentially, what you're talking about is the few dollars, if even that, to hire, you know, your HR person to run someone through the system compared against the potential fines or legal action that may come from hiring someone who's, you know, not lawfully permitted to work in the United States. So it really is a no-brainer for employers to use this program. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I hate to bring this up, but I, I think this is a good example. I mean, I, I assume you guys remember Molly Tibbetts, the University of Iowa college student who was murdered by an illegal alien in Iowa. Uh, this was a huge story in the media, um, I think about maybe w- within the last year. Ago, yeah. yeah. Um, but the biggest thing about this was the, the murderer, the illegal alien, 24-year-old Christian Rivera, um, he was working illegally on a nearby farm uh, near her house, uh, but the farm did not use E-Verify. And had it detected that he was here illegally, um, you know, I, I don't want to throw out like crazy possibilities out here, but it might have might have prevented that killing from happening because they could have verified that he was here illegally, possibly called in ICE. Um, so, again, you know, now that farm is, you know, forever that name is tarnished because that was associated uh-huh. with the Molly Tibbetts killing. But also we lost a, uh, a life and it was just a terrible murder that, you know, we... Don't want to be see, we don't want to see happen. Well, and it goes back to the idea of attrition through enforcement. You know, mm-hmm. he might have just gone home if he couldn't find work. And obviously he was able to in Iowa. Right. Well, that's all the time we have today. We hope you've enjoyed today's segment and learned a little bit more about this important enforcement program. Join us next time. We'll be releasing a new episode bi-monthly corresponding to a different topic on immigration. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. We also post links to it on our website, www.fairus.org, and our Twitter handle, at Fair Immigration. We hope to see you next time on Understanding Immigration, presented by FAIR.